disciples need a foundation to their faith that's that that is rooted in the story that makes sense of the gospel and what Jesus came to do. Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we like to disrupt the Western story with God's biblical narrative. We often discuss difficult, avoided, or controversial topics here with the intention of diving into the scriptures to see what God thinks and says, despite how countercultural it might be. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Welcome to the Storyform Life series of this podcast. For eight episodes, we are going to walk you through the SFL, which is a discovery Bible study designed to increase the level of faith participants have in God's story. These episodes are just mini trailers to give you an idea of the content, but this series is best experienced in a group setting. Check out the description to sign up for the study I'm leading over Zoom. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SFL series of the Strength and Dignity podcast. So in this series, I've been interviewing lots of different people as we talk about this thing called Storyform Life. And I'm really excited today. I have my dad, Jeremy Pryor, joining us. Hi, dad. Hey, babe. How's it going? Good. Um, So this one will be a little bit different because um, I want to ask my dad. My dad is the one that started the first Storyform Life, um, and it's kind of just grown from there. But I really wanted to get into um, why it was started and like the heart behind it. Um, And then we'll go into more of like a personal testimony of some experiences that you've had in participating or facilitating a Storyform Life and then um, into the week of the family. And so the week of the family focuses kind of around the God's promise with Abraham. So we'll tackle that in the second half of this interview. But first I wanted to start off and just um, kind of ask you about like, I remember we were living in our white house and I feel like I was probably about eight. Um, and the first SFL was in that house. And I did talk to Rhett and Ange who attended the first one, uh, the first story from life. They were my first interview of this series. And so they got to tell us a little bit about that. But I wondered if you could give us a little bit behind the scenes of like what you were experiencing in the church and in discipleship that made you feel like something like this was needed. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we had spent about five years in Fort Thomas really working on trying to build up a kingdom community. So this was, you know, really having our lives overlap and and really spend time together, do life together. That was kind of like the lingo back then. So um, we had many of us moved to the same town so that we would see each other more often. Um, we had regular gatherings and um, it was a really, you know, it was a really good experience. There was a lot of people attracted to it. And we've been doing this for like four or five years. Um, maybe three years, three to four years by that, by the time the SFL started. And there, there were a lot of challenges we were having just with the model of story from life or with the, with the community in terms of like, how do you, when you get to a certain size, do you, do you break into groups or, you know, there were different challenges we, we were facing. Um, and in the midst of that, we had a missionary from China just reach out to us. And he, he, he was really like abrupt emails. He just like, Hey, I heard you doing a house church thing. I love house church because it lets you focus on discipleship. Like that was his big statement. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're we all we're all about that. We talk all the time about how important the mission discipleship was and how discipleship was all about, you know, being in community and life on life and all those things. And so anyway, he came to uh, to one of our gatherings and then had um, lunch with Stephen and I afterwards. And he was pretty like, I don't know, like visibly maybe underwhelmed or disappointed or something. He's like. I thought you guys were doing discipleship, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what we do. We're, you know, we're doing it. We're life on life. And he he literally opens his Bible to Matthew 28. And he's like, okay, 
um, he starts reading it, like teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Okay. Like you guys are doing all this community, like how are you doing discipleship and, and how are you teaching people to obey? And, and, and the more he just kept, you got really aggressive um, and kind of confrontational. Um, but I just felt the Holy spirit was kind of convicting me like, okay, there, I don't think we do have a, a way of really teaching people to obey Jesus. Um, I don't know that what we're doing is bearing that kind of fruit. Like, and, um, and so I, I, the, the next thing that happened is I said, well, I'd like to learn your, your method of discipleship. Like uh, apparently you know how to do this, like you've been doing this in (laughs) other countries. And so, uh, so I invited him to my house. This is actually before we had the White House. We had the brick house. I remember we were in the corner house there. And he came over. I invited about 12 people from our community. And we had like a two or three hour meeting with this guy. And he proceeded to insult everyone in the room, like just <laughs> lit into them all. Um, you know, and I, I think this is just a cultural thing that, that, you know, they were used to doing, I guess, where he was a missionary. Anyway. I remember the the last guy who left my house that night. He's like, Jeremy, um, I just need you to know right now that if you invite that guy back, I won't be coming. You know, that that's. The- oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. So anyway, I called him and I said, hey, um, thanks so much for that. But um, I think our group like ended. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't get anybody else to come back. I think that was really hard on people. Um, sorry. And so, but I, it was weird cause I, I still had this conviction of like, okay, I don't know if we're really doing what the great commission describes it. You know, he, he, one of the things he said is, is to teach them to obey everything that he's commanded in a way that they can of course go and teach the next person. It's gotta be repeatable, you know? And, it, and so I'm like, man, what is that? So anyway, what I began to just ask this really basic question and that is, if I just want to give the foundation of my faith away to someone else, what would that be? Like, would I go through the Gospels? Would I go through the Book of Romans? You know, and and I, as I began to just sort of mine the depths of what kind of was in the basement of my own faith, I started to just, and I was journaling this for like, it took me about a month just to kind of really do this. I, I began to just say, I think it's that, it's really kind of the simple simplicity of, I believe the story is true. And to the extent that I have faith in the story, I tend to be a better disciple of Jesus and to the extent that I doubt the story or there are other lies that have sort of gotten in, I tend to not be as faithful as a disciple. And so the, the foundation of my faith really tended to be the story. Um, but I realized I'd never given that away or had even a method through which I could give that foundation away to other people. And so I got a group together. This is actually before we moved to the White House. It, I had done a couple of groups, kind of like pilot mm. groups. I, I had started by calling my friend Ford and I just said, Hey, can I, can I take you through this sort of the chapters of this story uh, at Starbucks or something? And he's mm. like, Oh yeah, but I got a few friends. And they, these actually weren't friends from our community. They were friends from other places that he had and that he brought them together. And we went through the, it was eight weeks. Um, we went through this eight week progression and um that's you know and then i refined it and then i took another group through it and i think the group that the white house that we did that was like the first kind of maybe complete version um Mm -hmm. but that was like the third or fourth time that i had gone through it with the group and by then and what was really interesting is after i would say after a year of having done story from lives um and having taken our community through it and having them you know help lead others through it as well there was 
much more discipleship going on, much more real deep learning and foundation laying than had happened in the four or five years previous um, in, in the community. Let's just do life and hope that everything kind of passes through by osmosis version. And so uh, that was really surprising to me um, that, that, that people do need this and how many times I would sit in a story from life and I would say something really foundational about the faith. And somebody I'd spent the last three or four years with in community was I'd never heard that before. Wow. That is totally new to me. I'd be like, oh my gosh, that guy, that missionary was right. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. <laughs> we did like, you do need a tool for this. And so yeah. one of the things that I, one of the things that I've, I've also kind of recognized is that there are probably a lot of foundation laying tools out there. Like uh, Story From Life, its format was very inspired by Alpha. You know, we started in England and it's about a 12 week uh, foundation laying course. Um, it's a really good one. And I, I spent, you know, several years studying it and leading those courses. Um, there's also things like, you know, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. There's C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. I would say the Apostle Paul Book of Romans. They're, they're, he said, because he hadn't been to Rome, he's like, here's my apostolic this is, this is, here's, here's the story. And he starts in, you know, Genesis and, and the fall and he goes right through the story, you know, as you read through the book of Romans. So um, I, I think that there's lots of ways to do this. Like there's lots of gospels, um, the, the, the four gospels. There's lots of progressions through the story. It's the same story, but you have to make it work in whatever context you're in and tell it in a way that's authentic to what you believe um, and how God and the Holy Spirit has formed you. And so that's kind of um, what the story from life is. Uh, that's where it came from. And that's kind of, you know, what what it's evolved into. And I've encouraged people to take it, hack it up, add, take away. I don't care. Like everyone needs to have a foundation laying tool they're using. If they've got a new disciple in their life or somebody who needs to grow, disciples need a foundation to their faith that's, that, that is rooted in the story that makes sense of the gospel and what Jesus came to do. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to figure out with uh, with this tool. Hmm. That's awesome. And also what you were saying is that it's repeatable. Like someone who's been through it could easily lead someone else through it as long as they yeah. like truly believe in it as the story, which I think is what's fun for me is because this is going to be my first time leading one, even though I've been going through it my whole life because I started off so young. I've never, I've only recently been going through it as an adult and like, oh wait, no, I could take someone else through this now. It's not just like this thing that the people in my community do. And so that's a really interesting point to hit. And I think it it's intimidating to me because I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I fully like, what if there's people ask me a question, I don't know the answer or things like that. But the interesting thing about it is because it's purely scripture, it's like you just look to the scripture for your answers. The person who's facilitating isn't necessarily supposed to know everything. And it, because it's so discussion based, you have different people present who have different parts of the story put together and remember different scriptures they can pull into the conversation and stuff. And so I think it's, it's a lot easier to repeat than, um, like a course that you're supposed to like be an expert on. Um, and so it's, it's a lot easier to hand off to other people, which I think yeah. is really cool. It's that like repeatable discipleship, um, outline. Yes. Cool. Um, well do you, before we start talking about the family week, do you have any like, um, stories or like any time that you facilitated an SFL where like a conversation um, around Abraham or the family that I mean obviously you could talk for 10 hours about Abraham but <laughs> um, if there's any like within the context of story form life um, anytime during this week I think it wasn't always called the family it's called the uh, covenant 
I think, um, or something like that. It's gone through different names at different times, but um, anytime that that topic kind of stirred an interesting conversation or sparks an interesting idea during an SFL. Yeah, well, maybe I could I could start just with what you just said. This has been the hardest week for us to name. It was the last week we actually added to the Storyform Life um, mm-hmm. because what we used to do is go from creation, fall, and then straight into the kingdom. Um, and we would do this buffer where we're trying to like, okay, what about Genesis 4 through Malachi? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot there. And it's been, we, we did these things called Storyform Life Summits where people would come and, and sort of make uh, um, basically present possible updates to like the code of the storyform mm-hmm. life. Like what about this week or what about that week? Or maybe we took this away or tried this. And so, uh, and so a lot of th- this is, this was always one that I was really, I couldn't quite figure out. Like how do we summarize the entire Hebrew scriptures in one week? Um, mm-hmm. Like what's the best theme to use for that? And um, and so the first time we, we attempted this, we called it the preparation and it was very inspired by a, um, a Tim Keller sermon called the story of the lamb. And I encourage everyone who especially leads SFL to listen to that, uh, sermon before they try to lead this week, because, um, it, he, there's some things he says about the, he, he, he does this really attempts to trace the theme of the lamb through the entire Hebrew scriptures. Um, so that's one way to think of it. And so the preparation made sense. And then we, we, we played around with like using the, the, the phrase, the family. And so some, some people still use that as, as the way they describe this third week. Um, and the, the theme there being that when God will look to rescue his people, he chose a family. And so what is common about, you know, at least Genesis 12 through the end of the Hebrew scriptures. And that is that it's all a story of Abraham's family. So why did God do that? Like, what was God attempting to do? And clearly he was attempting to, like we were, uh, prepare a people that would understand, um, what the gospel was all about and could share that with the world. And, um, and so we talk about the, the major building blocks of the story from that perspective. And then we also have used the word covenant because part of what happened, how God chose that family to prepare, uh, the people for the gospel was to make a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And so they, they all have the same basic idea. None of them, I think, perfectly summarize what this week's all about, but all of them kind of hit it, hit and hint at components. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, the, you know, one of the things that, that has been most consistent in discussions about this week has been the surprise or confusion that people have with regards to holiness. Um, like, what does that mean? Like, and uh, I remember one time, um, April, your mom was, we we were doing SFL and, and the the whole group, we were, had two breakout groups and we're doing this week and they just like, we don't understand what you're talking about. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Holy, like, um, like this concept is really for a lot of people, it's, it's really ceasing to exist in a lot of people's sort of moral framework or understanding of the world. And so she used the example of a wedding dress and she's just like, you know, um, like you don't, you wouldn't wear that, you know, the next day to, you know, go out to have dinner with your friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's a set apart thing that, and, and so there are things that God has set apart and, um, and it, this makes sense of why we have a problem, a sin problem, you know, what the purpose of the lamb was. It's, it's a foundational element of trying to understand the gospel, but it's one of the most difficult 
things for modern people to get their heads around. Um, but we try to do that during this week. Why do we need forgiveness? Because we violated or we offended a holy God. Um, and that, that's a very serious problem, uh, what happened during the fall. So that, that's one, one of the, the elements that's always been a real challenge, but an important part of this week. Yeah. Yeah. One of the key passages to this week is Genesis 12. The first couple verses of it read, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And then the entire rest of scripture is about Abraham's family or Abram in this passage. And so it's really interesting that the tendency, like what you were saying was almost like skip over all of it or summer or like, it's hard to summarize, but if you were to find any common theme through Genesis 12 to the end of Malachi and even throughout the new Testament, the theme is this family of Abraham. And so it's a very key point to talk about during the, when you're talking about the Bible as a story, because you're interpreting the rest of it through the lens of this family that God has chosen to bless the entire world through, which is obviously going to be a huge deal as God um, shows himself to be someone that always keeps his covenants um, and the lengths that he goes through to keep his covenants. So it's a very, um, I would say, um, I've been saying that each, each one of these weeks is super pivotal, but I think this one is one that some people um, might be tempted to most often leave out um, when they're just thinking about their faith or talking about scripture um, because it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around like what you're saying. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about holiness. We're talking about atonement. We're talking about blessings and covenants and like, the Jews and Israel, and it's very big and confusing, um, especially for people who don't have um, a place already in their mind to put that story. So um, this is a very interesting week. It could be um, talked about for the remaining nine weeks after it, (laughs) but we try to put it all into one. So yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dad. Is there anything else you want to tell people about this week of the covenant slash family? Well, yeah, I would say that, um, what I think one way to one paradigm that makes sense of this, especially in context of the story form life is that when you think about Abraham's family, um, I think it's really good to think about, um, God would dealt with all of humanity as a whole in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. But in Genesis 12, what God decided to do was change his strategy. And if you think about if we're living inside of a story, um, if there is a stage and a spotlight, God decided to put a spotlight on one family to reveal to the whole world, all the Gentiles and Jews alike, what he, what he's like. And so you can look at that family and understand the nature of God. And so God decided to reveal himself to us, to all of us, not just to the Jews or the Israelites, but to the Gentiles as well. But he did that through saying, I'm going to basically micromanage my relationship with this one family. I'm going to choose them. And you, you can sort of see all the dynamics of the way that relationship plays out. And you can understand more and more about who I am. Um, and so because we live in a story, if God decides that he's going to focus on a character, then in order to reveal his nature, 
then it becomes really important for us to understand that that that's a huge burden that they that they hold for the sake of the world, and that and that the reason why that we are blessed if we bless them or cursed if we curse them is because that again, God wants us to see what he what a covenant making uh, God is all about a covenant and the, this, this is a covenant of love and so just like a in a marriage relationship, God's going to demonstrate that to the world and so. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of the big picture of kind of uh, sometimes we, we read that passage in Genesis 12. Like, what is God saying? Is God saying, Abraham, you're more important than everyone else. I'm going to prefer you. and Everyone else is second class citizens. It's like, no, no, no. I'm telling a story. You're going to play. I want to put you on the stage, you know, and I'm going to let this play out in incredible detail with you and your family. And we're, we're going to have prophets and priests record what happens. And then the world is going to know and understand my nature and its complexity. And so what we're trying to do in this week is we're trying to dig into what was God doing in that story with this family so that when we get to the Gospels, we can understand God's rescue plan, uh, because there are things that God reveals about himself that make uh, that make the Gospel make sense. And for a lot of people, what they end up doing is they start with Jesus and the story. It's like starting in the middle of a story. There's like there's there's necessary components that kind of lead up to Jesus that make sense of why Jesus died on the cross, you know, why he was a lamb, like how that works. And so that's what this story is all about. This chapter of the story, sometimes I kind of jokingly say that this is the this is the week of the story from life where we, you know, we, where we open a whole can of worms and resolve nothing. <laughs> so uh, it's a lot of people leave this week going, whoa, like, what is that about? Where's that going? Or how does that work? Or and that's kind of like, yeah, that all gets resolved in the gospel and it's coming. But it's like we got to but we have to sit for a minute in the challenges and complexity of the story. These threads that aren't getting tied off yet um, in order for us to really have the gospel hit our hearts in the dramatic way that it needs to. Awesome. Cool. Well, if you guys want to participate in one of these conversations around this topic and learn more, this is best experienced within the full SFL format, which is an 11 week, basically Bible study where we're going to be talking in depth for like two hours in a group setting about each of the topics we're briefly discussing here on the podcast. So if you guys want to dive deeper into that, there is a link in the description of this podcast um, to sign up for my Bible study over Zoom. The date and time can all be found there. So if you guys want to go check that out that'd be awesome and thanks so much for coming on the podcast dad absolutely thanks girls bye thanks for listening to the strength and dignity podcast make sure you check out the links below to sign up for my zoom sfl study and my other podcast series on proverbs 31 sabbath rest biblical festivals and more